What's up, Modern Lending Podcast? Man, this is a fun episode for me, dude. I've seen, I've sat and stared at this backdrop <laughs> for years, bro, for years. So I'm just honored to be here, man. Stoked to be redeeming that Podcast Panther. Stoked that you pulled me to the NFT community. And I'm just really ready to rock with you, man, today. I'm super stoked. I'm excited. Guys, no one needs an introduction to Gary Vaynerchuk, but this is the man, the myth. I mean, they're, they're, what you've done in the space of personal branding, how the people you inspired. Last night, there was a secret wine party that you just had to text out, and I swear to God, a thousand people plus showed up just rolling the streets of New York. And that's just part of the community you've created, man. So honored to have you here, man. Thank you. So happy to be on the show. What's good, everyone? So for everyone hanging out for the first time, um, just to give a small backstory, and then I'll dive into the questions for Gary. Um, I'm an in-market mortgage rat. I, I learned in 2003 when I got into this business during one of the biggest refinance booms of all time that the business, the sustainable business was meeting realtors, building deep relationships, connecting with people in the market, not chasing the quick dollar. And translate that fast forward to two years ago, um, the internet changed everything. And the, I, I was literally driving around with a Nokia brick phone to open houses to meet agents. Two years ago. No, no, ten, oh, in God, 2003. Got, that was, I was brutal. I was really excited. No, but that was the, that was the way. Like, you, I, nothing, you didn't have the internet on your phone. Sure. I had to go meet agents, kiss babies. Yes. And that was how business was taught to our in-market professionals. 100%. And then... Slowly over time, and thank God for COVID, honestly, because I think it, it ramped up the realization that we were in trouble. But I'm on, a, I'm on a run. I grab a coffee. Two years ago, I'm listening to your podcast. And you were hitting the drum on personal branding, which you've done a bunch. I can't even remember the podcast, but you were just going, hey, this matters. But And really talked a lot about it during COVID because people couldn't do the normal thing. No, it changed but everything. They, but they could do content at home. So I looked at my platform, I looked at the people I was leading, I realized that there was a, there's a message out there that the local professional is irrelevant. It's just, it's, it's, being, it's on commercials, it's everywhere, and those are my people. And those are people I lead. And so I just, that podcast, that moment, it, the, the light switch went on for me. And as you know, as someone who's followed my content, I talk about being consistent because you never know when it's that run. Well, so, so here's what I did. I did 100 videos in 100 days to get, to get in the flow, just, just to figure it yeah, yeah, just to get into the groove. Yeah. Like every day I'm going to put out a piece of content. It involved into a podcast. I published a book. It involved into a lot of really cool stuff. And it's part of the reason I'm here, which is this whole journey. And so what I have, first question for you, and this, is a, this whole season's on stories, so we can wrap this into stories. Um, clearly, you had a moment in your past where personal branding became a, a mission for you. And I'm curious if you remember what was going on. When did it, when did you become so focused on that? I mean, we'll talk about Wine Library TV too in a minute, but like clearly something must have happened where you were like, "This, I got to go this direction," and you went hard early. I, I'm, it's funny. The reason I'm kind of like looking into this, I'm like really thinking. Um, it where my brain went is, God, I'm, literally what I just said is, as you were talking, I'm like, man, I'm a funny dude. Like I really live my truth. When I tell you that I don't recall the convo in any shape or form that was, this is it. But I do remember thinking in 2007, 8, 9, hey, this is leverage for me in the wine business. Yeah. Right? Hey, this importer that has very hard to get wines, right, that I really want is asking to be on my show because he or she is asking for me to be on the show, that is subconscious business leverage for we have a, the there's, there's no Yeah, there's no roadcaster in the, in the microphone. But like, no worries. We got Array, Smarttel, SoundTech. It's not picking up roadcaster. So is nobody hearing us? Is this not plugged in to the computer? 
Is everybody here not hearing it? Or is We're getting it, comments, so people are hearing us, but I don't. It's not coming through the mics. Well, well Instagram looks good. <laughs> While we're waiting on this, um, I'm in the Discord, um, and I see people asking Edwin, yeah. uh, "What is?" Access tokens. Okay, there we go. Tokens, good. All right, we're rocking cool. on the mics now. So everyone, everyone heard us. We're just everyone coming heard, through. So a, should I go? Yeah, keep going. Okay. So I, I remember in two thousand seven, eight, nine. Like, man, this is leverage. Like these yeah. importers, these wineries, they want to be on my show. Yeah. That's probably good. It wasn't even as transact. So I'm so not transactional. Yeah. So even when the first importer, I remember vividly, who had a lot of shit that I wanted. <laughs> like, you know, and because wines are allocated. Yeah. Gar even if we were a huge customer, Gary, you can only get five cases of this Barolo. Well, I wanted 10 for my customers. Yeah. And even though it was a, there was no more business I could do with them. I was already their biggest client. And that only <laughs> got me five. But this show was brand and was helping them elsewhere. And it kind of got me a couple extra cases. But did you, did you know that when the show was starting? Did you see that in the beginning of this? I from the day I was six years old, only making signs for my lemonade stand, not being the guy behind the lemonade stand, I am a creature, an animal, that understood that attention was the only thing yeah. that mattered. And that if I then delivered on the hyperbole out of my mouth, in my attention, best lemonade ever. Yes. <laughs> Five cents. <laughs> yes. And, and, and really, I've always been that guy, like, you know, this high energy over the top, you know, I put myself into corners, I'm gonna have the biggest NFT project. I'm gonna buy the Jets. We're gonna disrupt <laughs> Madison Avenue. I'm gonna build the biggest liquor store. Why am I able to do that? I'm able to do that because if I fail, I'm not scared. I'm not scared if Dustin's like, you didn't build the biggest agency. I'm like, you're right. Sarah did a better job than me. Yeah. Like I'm. Okay. I love the game so much. So anyway, the the, the the full stop answer was somewhere in the first three years of Wine Library TV. I understood that personal brand um, was happening. It was leverage, and that I knew that it was universal, which is huh. why I wrote Crush It. Yeah. I wrote Crush It in 2008. It came out in 2009. I knew that what was happening for me in wine could happen for me in other arenas, as it has. Yeah. And it could happen for you in something like this. Well, so this is what's crazy for me, Gary, is, is I've seen people starting to wake up to this. And I don't know if it's just consistent messaging from you and other sources around the world, but people are starting to wake up. And in the process of that, though, they're hitting new barriers. And so I want to play a clip for you real quick. I, I want you to see this real quick. And uh, we'll get your reaction. And, and... BV Muscat. And again, BV is one of the famous wineries in Napa. This is a non-vintage dessert wine. This is their Muscat grape. Let's see what we think of it. 18% alcohol, big boy. Again, you're going to see nowhere close to the same color or complexity. Um, see what happens here. Nice, it's got a nice kind of frescati kind of nose. Frescati's a white grape uh, from Italy. What I mean by that is fresh and vibrant. A little bit of apricot. Dry peaches, dry peaches. Oh, this is not good at all. Oh man, I mean, it's gonna actually be, I almost need, for the first time ever, I almost need water. So, I, I've watched people start to step into this journey, put themselves on video, get out there, start to, start, but they, they run into this brick wall of fear, insecurity. They don't like how they look and sound. Um, this video, 
only had 210 views back. And then that's new now famous guy, Gary, yes. not, not original guy, yes. Barry. So I know that there wasn't initially like feedback. I know that wine library didn't blow up from day one. It yes. had to have that growth and that process. That's right. How did you push through that? What was going on in your head when you weren't getting results? That it was, I, I prefer that time to this. Oh really? Yeah. I, I love, times. Yeah. I, it's not even simpler times. It's, I love knowing what's going to happen before everybody else does. Yeah. I like proving people wrong. I like proving myself right. I like being okay if I'm wrong. I like the process. I like the journey. I like, I mean, you know, I don't remember that exact episode, but I know those first hundred episodes, I know exactly what I thought. This is gonna be fucking huge. You did. I did. You had the, you had the yes. insight. Well, I, so for people because, listening. Because, because 12 became 13. Yeah. And 15, 13 became 29 views. And 29 became 117. Yeah. And then 117 became 63. What was that? And then 63 became 143. Yeah. Like it was just, it was never self esteem. It was also, if this doesn't work, I'm so glad I tried this. I'm learning. Yeah. It was like real, all that cliche shit. It was all happening for me. Like all, the, you know, what's, I think the reason that my business content hits is because it's advice that I already took for myself. Huh. Yeah, so it just... I think the reason that my business advice hits yeah. is because it's advice I already took on myself. So one of my favorite videos that you've done is the overnight success. Because the entire time that you're having your rant or, and message on that, you're just the clips of Wine Library are just yes. playing. Just thou a thousand clips are just playing and I think that's a huge inspiration for people. It was for me too, about the reality that putting in the hard work delivers the results. And people want, they want overnight success and they don't realize it took a thousand Wine Library TV videos. It took a thousand Wine Library TV videos that I ended in 2011 when 99.9% .9 of the world had no idea who I was. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it took a thousand <laughs> videos of Wine Library TV to get me to 2011. Yes. Where, what? I mean, like, most of me, I mean, every, how many people here watching knew who I was then? It, it, it's just the process. By the way. Do you ever feel like you want to quit? Never. Because you never want to quit when you're in your process and you like your process. I if like that. Asking yeah. me if yeah. I want to quit is like asking somebody who loves golf more than anything. Yeah. If they want to stop playing it every chance they get. Yeah, that's a great comment. Because golf's brutal. Yeah, but like, or sailing. <laughs> Yeah, or yeah. skiing, yeah. or playing video games, or being on the softball team, or being a stay-at-home parent, or like these things that people love that is their life calling. Why would you want to quit based on somebody else? Why would I want to quit something I'm doing based on other people saying that I'm not successful or not being on board with it just yet? So I got a question for you on a, on a slightly different angle here. Um, your top seven most watched videos. Okay. I pulled them up. I, I, pulled, I pulled up your top, just on, on YouTube. On YouTube. Yep. Of the top seven. Yes. Five are trash talk. Yeah. Most views. Yes. Most views. Yes. I have, an, I have a thought on why I think that is, but why do you think that is? And for the, give trash talk an overview. Trash some people... talk is videos of me garage sailing <laughs> and showing bro. you what I'm finding. Now, I have a feeling, I have a sense of what I think you're going to go with or theoretically you're going to go with. I'm going to give you an answer that I almost kind of know is why. Okay, I want to hear it. It's the most YouTube-y. You think so? Yeah, YouTube is a style and a thing. Sure. So I think where you're going to go is also true. My most essence, it helps Absolutely. the most amount of people. Like there's a lot what you're probably going to say that's uh -huh. right. But 
there is absolutely the nature of how that show is made yeah. that is made more for the distribution, more to what I talk mm. about, more to the book of Jab, 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 Right yeah. Hook. Yeah. My trash talk is the most contextual videos I make on YouTube. I, do you know that Mr. Beast who I'm a big fan of? Oh, no, my son is obsessed. Mr. He's Beast. pissed that you're not Mr. Beast right now, just so we're clear. Multiple, fair enough. <laughs> I'm a little bit pissed that I'm not Mr. Beast. I love Jimmy a ton. Mr. Beast, Jimmy, has absolutely multiple times, this is flattering, he's, in my opinion, the guy, the singular guy yeah. of understanding how to do YouTube. He's mad that I don't make YouTube, he's mo and nicely, not mean. Yeah, yeah. Multiple times has reached out to me. Uh, I hung out with him late summer this year and he made me watch certain videos so that I would watch them. He, he so loves what I'm about yeah. and thinks it's important and likes me and we just have a nice relationship and he just wishes I would do on YouTube what I do mm. great on every other platform and tell everybody else to do. I don't make YouTube videos. Trash Talk's the closest to that. I make the videos that I want for my legacy and for people to dissect because I think it brings them the most value. Yeah. Trash Talk just happens to be very, uh, very capable of doing a good job in a YouTube environment, whereas a keynote, yeah or a podcast is not. Well, and, and where I want you to go on this is I, I, you can see your love of most of, of all what you do out there. Whether you're keynoting or trash talking, like you can feel that you love what you're doing at that moment. You're fully invested 100%. in that moment. You know, even if it's buying a Michael Jordan poster and it's driving you insane, bro. I know, it's my favorite video. So here, here's where I'd love you to share some insight over your years of experience. For somebody who is potentially struggling with imposter syndrome or yes. the people that jump, jump, jump on there and are fake or think they have to be a character and they, and they don't, they hide their true self or they hide, like you have, you, I mean, look, you got nerd stuff on display, by the yeah. way, we got a geek on Marvel. I, I collected Marvel forever, but I mean, first appearance of Deadpool. That's, that's incredible. So, so how do you coach, teach, inspire people to be authentically themselves, to build their personal brand and by, not fake by, it? By pounding. By, yes. You know, you know that I am, I am, trying to, at every nook and cranny, on every platform, trying to say an analogy, a slang term, curse, not curse, yeah. clever, not clever, <laughs> excited, not excited, aggressive, passive, uh, high energy, serious, yeah. uh, current event context, platform context. I am at the height of communication skills for a human being, I'm aware of that. And I'm using all of it for the essence to leave karma and legacy yeah. around a man who lived a life that brought more to people than he asked for in return. Jab, 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 right hook. 5149, give them more than you ask and you take. Don't be transactional. Uh -huh. I could have easily got more wine from that guy and said, if you give me five more cases of Barolo, you can be on my show. Yeah. I never did that. I just brought value and hoped that I would get five more cases. Do the right thing, do the right thing. And I am, I am very confident in saying what I'm saying. I believe I'm one of the most cons consistent voices on the internet, which is the platform of our society right now, not yep. television, that is putting out authentic, real advice that comes from a complete place of good. And, and I am just trying, and I'm not crippled when people don't get it. Yeah. I'm patient. Yeah. And I also know that I'm just one man and one day I'll go into the ground and I'm gonna leave it on the field and a lot of people are gonna be affected by it and many more will tune me out because of the cursing. 
misunderstand the nuances, sure. not pick up on it. And all that's great because I have the humility to understand that I'm just one man. That's also the message that, I, that, I, that I've heard you say and that I share to local people that are putting out content. It's almost like you attract your tribe. Like the people that aren't going to be into Gary's vibe, like they're going to they're gonna float away. And why do you want them around you? I want them around me because I think I have great intent. I want them oh, all. I like just that. so you know. I, agree. I want them all. I want all <laughs> eight, million, 8 billion of you. I'm understanding that my jerseyness, my, my, my confidence, my <laughs> conviction can rub people the wrong way at times. I mean, I have an incredible amount of people. I see a bunch of you in the comments, uh, you know, yeah. for the 40 or 50 people watching this way. I know there's a lot of people, but even in Instagram, Dustin will give us a read on this. How many people, just say me, all I need you to reply in the comments is with me. If you're one of the following people, I rubbed you the wrong way the first, second, and third, fourth time, but over time or some piece of content changed the nuance and now you are, have a more positive point of view on me. Say me. All right, so it, we're lagged five minutes, but yep. here's, here's where the next question, and it's right in line with what you're talking about, rubbing people the wrong way and all this stuff. You made, at least in my opinion, from my view over here watching your content, you made a strategic decision to start to change your messaging. That's how I interpreted it. I saw a lot of initial you know, hustle porn, go to your die, you know, burn the streets down, and then I remember you on several occasions have said, guys, no, I sleep regular hours. I, I'm not a maniac. I also um, care more about kindness than I do about this other world. And your, your keynote at Edmonton was amazing on kindness. So there's a lot of leaders that I have that work with me and a lot of leaders in our industry. Um, I'd love for you to share some insight or, in, or stories on kindness and leadership. Yeah, I think, you know, in 2008, 9, 10, 11. By the way, there's a lot of me's flying yeah, in here now. <laughs> Dustin's got a ton of hands. Uh, nice, nice. So you know, I think you know, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm <so> well. <laughs> it's double-edged sword out here, you know. Yeah, you saying? ask, you ask. I mean, you gotta listen. I'm so you're into feedback. Listen, I'm so aware. <laughs> I'm so self-aware. I get it. I understand it, and I'm empathetic to it. Um, but I know I'll win the marathon. <laughs> I am the I am the tortoise in a hare's costume. I know that might even end up being my autobiography if I decide to write one. Mm. I know who I am. And, and you're right. In 2007, eight, nine, the economy was in big trouble. Oh yeah. Right. And people couldn't get jobs. Nope. And the opportunity on the internet was remarkable. And so I was very much about hustle, 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 hustle. Now, when I would use the word hustle, I meant it in the context of work ethic. Yeah work ethic that my parents taught me that the world has been built on is important. Yeah. It is incredibly hard if you're going to say you want your dreams to come true to do that at a four and a half yeah. hour a day, half-assed with meetings and videos and yeah. lunches. And it's going to be hard to achieve these big words coming out of your mouth. If you tell me that your dream is to have such a remarkable work-life balance that you're home at 4.30 every day, yeah. You go to every single event that matters in your family. You take a couple of vacations that are kind of moderate and like you want to be part of the softball team and watch yeah. TV and oh, be yeah. with your friends and be in the bowling team. My answer to that is that is remarkable. Like yeah. this is where people are confused by my message. I, I agree. $47,000 a year living within the means of a $35,000 a year person with the balance that comes along with that of all other things besides the passion of your work yeah. is remarkable. Yeah. It is a tremendous life. 
my point at seven, eight, nine was I had all these people telling me, I'm gonna build the next Facebook. Yeah. I'm gonna rule the world. And my point was like, hustle, the work ethic. Somewhere five to seven years later, the word hustle started to get manipulated. Totally. And started talking about things that I'm incredibly against, which is burnout yeah. and, and anxiety. And then a couple of people wrote very misleading articles on Medium that made tons of assumptions and attached me to things that just weren't true. Yep. I inherited 65 million, like just yep, the wrong stuff. Yeah. And, and unfortunately went viral enough where there was collateral damage and I take on that responsibility. I understand that out of context in a moment. And so I consciously, to your point, started to never use the word hustle anymore and use the word work ethic. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is as a communicator, as somebody who's out and about, you, you ebb and flow. Yeah. I hit up Dustin six months ago. I said, or six, not true, six weeks ago. I said to him and the team, I said, guys, I think I've made my point about the friction between parents and kids where parents are, I'm like, I'm done with that for now. Yeah. Like, let's not, you don't need to clip up things. And no. don't expect a lot coming out of my mouth of like, if your parents pay for your shit at 25, they actually control it. Like, I've made that point. Yeah. Like, and so the point that became obvious to me in the last three years and I worked on myself and I worked on myself and I worked on myself and then COVID yeah. gave me time to really take it from back here to up here, pen to paper, was I'm a business superstar because I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what else to tell all of you. I am a business superstar because Dustin wants to work for me forever, whether he does or he doesn't. The fact that we've had that conversation within the first three years of us being together, that is unusual. That is not what you hear about. No. That's not what we're talking about out here, right? That no. the longevity in my agency outpaces the industry at a staggering level that we don't even track it anymore because it's not even interesting. That when people leave, they want to come back. That, that when people leave, even sometimes unhappy with me, I went very vulnerable in my new book about candor. Gary V, one of the reasons a lot of people don't like me is very candorous. Mm-hmm. You stink. This happens. You're accountable. Your parent, they, 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 I'm, po- I'm poking at zits. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk, yep. executive, not candorous, hates confrontation, too positive, takes on a lot, uh, builds up resentment because he takes on all the pressure. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you communicated to people, you wouldn't have to take on all the pressure. Like, really struggled in the first 20 years of his career. Yeah. Has added something I call kind candor because now I think the word kind in front of candor lets me say things in a very... It just changed everything for me. What does that look like for you, though, with kind candor? Like, how does that play out? In the last few years, I've had more conversations that, like that look like this. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Listen, I adore you, and you've got a lot of good things going for you, but the way you're handling this client, you're blowing it. They're going to fire us because you're doing this, this, and that. And I really didn't like the way that you spoke. To, like, I didn't have it in me. I just kind mm. of, I would do it different, Ronnie. How are you? Hey, what can I do to be a better leader for you? Oh. Got it? Yeah, I absolutely. I not go there. I, because I thought I could win it through positivity. Yep. And optimism. And that they would get there. And by the way, a lot of times people did. Sure. The problem was the three out of 10 that didn't would go from, how are you? Awesome. Ronnie, you can keep doing it. Let's go. And then three weeks later, Ronnie, you're fired. What, yeah. What, what, what? I was awesome three weeks ago. Yeah. I wasn't being candorous. <clears throat> yeah. All the bad things I have in my life are based on my inability to be candorous over the last 20 wow. years. And I started changing three years ago, slowly but surely, and now I'm in a better place. 
and Dude, it I love matters. That. And so the book's called 12 and a half yeah. instead of 13, because I talk about me being on my journey on kind candor, whereas <laughs> on accountability and empathy and, yeah. and kindness, I'm feeling like I'm in that place. Dude, thank you. I think there's even myself on, as, from a leader perspective, um, appreciate hearing that. That's, that's a good message for people. It's hard to do. It's hard to do when you're very positive and you don't value money. Fair. What people don't understand, my ability to be not candorous was more predicated on me not caring about money. Yeah. The reason a lot of people are candorous is because they fire faster because they want to yeah. keep their money. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah. I was like, ah, fuck it. I like Johnny. He's not great. But then, and then you slowly but surely build resentment. And so that's it. All right, let's punch home here for a little bit because um, I think it'll, I want you to go a little longer on this stuff. Um, diving back into personal branding for, yes. officers, for, for in-market salespeople. This is a yes. big topic on my heart. Um, and you've shared about it a bunch, but I want you to share some more on it because um, there's a narrative, and I mentioned this at the beginning, there's a narrative that the skill set and the 20-year dedication that a local mortgage guy or gal has spent in their community, serving their community, um, that they're irrelevant now, right? Technology's replacing them. They're, yeah, you, but they're, it's, it's no, in I commercials. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's a billion dollar commercials are hitting to, to show that narrative. And then, you know, the, the hit back is, no, show your personal brand, step up, build community, invest in people, show who you are. Um, can you talk about why that's important for these people? It's the only moat they have. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you need to swim in it. There you go. Next question. Yes. The only <laughs> moat you have as a localized <laughs> professional is your reputation. That's it. Personal brand is just a 2022 word. It totally is. Reputation. Yeah, it's super buzzy. And, and a lot of people don't like personal. By the way, personal brand is another word that gets a little, yeah. right? Oh, for like sure. Personal, like, I'm like, like when people are like, Gary, personal brand's a little douche. I'm like, reputation, is that okay with you? Yeah, you feel better now? Like, you don't like hustle? Here's, here you go. It's called work ethics. Oh, you don't like personal brand? <laughs> here you go. I'll feed you reputation. Do you like that? People get caught up in semantics. They do. They do. They get caught up in fucking semantics. What do you think we're talking about out here? Letting people get to know you. There's somebody who's going to give you business because you're into fishing. Absolutely. I watched your intro, right? Because yeah. I've never seen it before. And I'm like, he's got it. He's going to win. That little goofy, like, you know, hippie thing. There's literally a fucking 59-year-old who's a hippie who's going to give him business because of that. Yeah. So, so honestly, I mean, I know. I, how do they go about starting to do this? Right? It's a very subtle thing. It's, it's dead it's on. It's very subtle. The more people know about you, the more they can attach something that you have in common. Yeah. How many people come up to me, Gary? Like, in, like yesterday, mob. Oh man, dude, you, you filmed it all, Dustin. Yeah. Gary, I'm an immigrant. Connection. Gary, I'm a Jets fan. Connection. Gary, I'm from the wine business too. Connection. Gary, I did baseball cards too. Connection. Gary, I'm a younger brother that's a lot younger than me. Connection. Well, so so let's go. Let's go there. I see a ton of people putting out messaging and it's, it's informational, educational material. And, they, and that's it. Right. And Th that's, there's no connection. And that's a commodity, right? Cause that, but then you get Google. people who say, I don't want to be, I don't want to put myself out there. You I don't want. Who else doesn't put themselves out there? This guy. <laughs> one of the most famous. One of the most out there. social media personalities. <laughs> you guys don't even know what my children look like. They're 12 and nine. I don't talk about my personal life. It's mine. I don't put myself out there. I, I love my privacy. I cherish it. Yeah. I don't want you to know anything about my personal life. It's my personal life. And yet everyone knows the jets, the wine. I, because I'm in control of what I share. <laughs> and so are all of you. Good news. You don't want somebody Thank to God. know something? Don't say it. <laughs> and you know what happens with that? To, for the people here that become local celebrities? 
I have very big reactions because people like me because they admire me because I did something nice for them. Sure. It's not because I throw a ball fast yeah. or I'm gorgeous or I'm funny on something. It's because they know me because and like me and want to come up to me because very likely because I made a piece of content that helped them unlock a perspective that led to an action that made them happier in their life. So that creates a reaction when I'm in public that's quite positive. Yeah. It's not like they're scared no. or like, ooh. It's more like, there's my guy. Let's hug. Yeah. The fact that when I'm out and about with my children that I can feel 80% of the people leaving it alone is because oh. I don't give it to them. I have friends <laughs> who aren't even close to my audience size and relationship with my community that when they're out with kids, always get brought up because 80% of their content is with their cute kids. Right, it becomes a The accessible. world takes what you give it. Yeah. So how, how do you? And then that, so that's the personal life. Yeah. Here's the other part. Okay. A lot of business people don't wanna be out there because they're doing things that are wrong. Good point. Let's talk about that. You know what makes me let all these guys film me all day long and have all access yeah. to my inbox and everything else and my social media and everything else? Yep. I'm not doing wrong shit. <laughs> there you go. Not scared. What skeleton? <laughs> it's true. It's fact. So, so of course, you know, I've come across people, acquaintances, you know, <laughs> pseudo friends, yep. strangers who aren't going there because they're doing bad shit. Yep. They don't want it to be seen. You're, they are smart. They consciously or subconsciously know if I put myself out there, people are going to look deeper and I don't have a problem. Maybe that tax skimming or stealing from my partner or <laughs> please or, don't film or, that part or the big one. This is why this book is coming out. Mm. This is the big one. You know how many Gary V fans that love all my kindness talk and oh. bigger, do not live it. Do you yeah. know how many hardcore Gary V? You know why yeah. I know? Because the employees that are getting shit on the yeah. admins that are getting abused verbally are DMing me and say, just want you to know your boy, Daryl Thompson or your gal, Sally Magoo, yep. who loves Gary Vee and kindness is a fucking asshole. Yeah. Well, There's that. So Gary, what about people that say, well, I'm not, I'm not an extroverted like Gary. How, I, I'm not, I can't build a brand like that. I, how do I, I, I get nervous on a microphone. I can't even film myself. Then be a writer. Then be an audioer. <laughs> and also don't put yourself compared to me. Oh, that's right. a great comment. They're right. Most people won't amass tens of millions of followers. Yeah. That's right. Guess what? I was fucking ecstatic when I had 10,000. Yeah. And 1,000 and 847. Yeah. And 18,000 and 88,000 and 837,000. Like what happened to one is better than zero? And in business terms, fuck you. If you can turn it into six clients, that's six you didn't have. Yeah. Plus a lot of people who are per in the business that we're talking about, Go to dumb meetings, waste time, oh my God. micromanage. Don't go as hard as they think they are for the hyperbole coming out of their mouth. And they have that hour to make content to get one more client a month. All right, two questions left. Um, but one, one I want to end on because I think it's going to be where I want this to go. Um, but one of the things I love asking people that I bring on and talk to is if you had a brand new mortgage professional and a 30-year vet sitting in front of you and you had one two couple minutes to give them some advice and they're paying whatever they're doing to get you to hear your thoughts. What are you telling them to do to be relevant today? To, to, to I tell them that they're both competing for the same thing. The attention of the potential Absolutely. transaction on the other side of the content. And one will have to lean into its strength, which is they natively understand the context of this new world and they should be better at TikTok and 
Twitter yeah. because they've used it every day. And the other one should lean into, I've done this for 37 years and I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Now I'm going to say something more interesting. Huh. And both of those individuals' biggest vulnerability is the disrespect of the strength of the other person. <laughs> I dig that. The number one vulnerability to 26-year-olds in this game yeah. is they think that because they grew up with social media that the 49 to 57-year-old are irrelevant. is irrelevant. Yeah, old and, dog. Uh-huh. But meanwhile, they don't know their business yet. Not like that person does. Nope. The biggest problem for the 57-year-old is they think that because they've been doing it for 30 years, people give a shit. Bro. And that they can just do it the old way and go to the country club and shake a hand once in a while or the PTA or some shit while these 26-year-olds are fucking exploding on LinkedIn and Facebook and taking their fucking market share. Clip that up, Dustin. There's a lot of people on both sides of the equation that need to understand what the- No, I, I, actually, I want to spend one second on this topic because it's so, that's so important. There is, there is these, this, and in the mortgage industry, by the way, for, for, there was a crisis. I don't know if you know about the you know, mortgage crisis. I'm joking here. But it, it killed a generation of mortgage professionals. It's going to happen again. They all wiped out. It's going to happen again. And so do we do have that it's dichotomy. It's going to happen again. I believe you. I know. I know you know. <laughs> because the patterns are the same. That's right. The, the government prints money. Yep. At scale. Bad behavior. Short-term greed. Yep. People start looking the other way and focus on something else. Yep. It's going to happen again. But your comment too is so dead on. We do have this young generation discounting the, the, the older generation. And we do have the older generation who's, you know, social media is bullshit. It's not, it's not relevant. And, and discounting what's happening if, on the other side. If you're 25, you're the byproduct of modern parenting. Not everybody, but many people where your sure. parents tell you you're the best at everything. <laughs> or the conversation of the world, which is technology is everything. Yep. It, it, it tricks you. That's why so many 20-year-olds are stuck. Many 25 to 30 year olds struggle because the market is the judge, not wow. their mom and not the media. Yeah. And so you, your mom and dad tell you you can do anything and didn't hold you accountable to much. School definitely doesn't hold you accountable. That's a fake game. And the media is telling you that technology is everything. And so of course you disrespect your 57 year old competitor. The problem is, the market doesn't care. No. The person that needs a mortgage doesn't care. They're just gonna do what they're gonna do. Yep. And so then you wake up at 27 and you're like, I'm not doing well. Yeah. Like I'm not winning. How did this happen? Easy. This is the first time you're playing a real game. Yeah. And you're not even at the table. All the decisions are happening and you're not even talking, yeah, getting a chance. You're not even, you didn't even realize you were playing the game. You still thought you were in school. You know, fake. Hey, I got participation trophies, bro. I know what that's like. I live yeah. that world. Yeah, like that's fucked up. <laughs> like, listen, this is where the world is going too red, too blue when the life is purple. Yeah. Life is purple. But the society's going red and blue. And so you have parents who are trying to teach kindness, which is amazing. Yeah. I love that. But they're eliminating competition from the equation. They think it's kind to give somebody an eighth place trophy. Yeah. I think it's unkind. I think it's teaching somebody that there isn't results and ramifications in society. It doesn't mean we have to shit on them. Right. It's not like no. I'm asking parents to say, Ricky, you suck. But I'm definitely think it's, you have to be careful in telling people like, there's winning and losing. Once you don't believe there's winning and losing, you can't function. You become a zoo animal and you're like a zebra that was in the Bronx Zoo for 15 years, chilling and fed, feeling confined. Yep. But then you go into the wild because you're not confined anymore. You're gonna die in eight seconds. Eight the lion's seconds. gonna eat you in two seconds.
So Gary, I'm going to play one more clip and, and here's where I want to wrap down and have you share with the community. Um, so I'm going to play this and then we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Trying to figure it out and I've been trying to figure it out in front of you for the last seven, eight years. Trying to figure out the unlocks. EQ, IQ, self-awareness, hustle. I don't know what they are. You know why? Because like I told my man, it's 330 different unlocks. And so I'll go to all of them. They're all tried and true. And one might hit you. It's a long video. It's one of your most on YouTube and on all the platforms. I know you put a lot of yourself into that video. It was five years ago. Yeah. It's five years ago. Feels like an eternity ago because COVID time slowed everything down. Yeah. And, you know, how do you feel about your message from that video today to the people that are listening? Because I felt you put a lot into that message. Yeah, I like that message. You know, it is 330 different scenarios. It's, it's why so many people love me so much and it's why some people dislike me because when you're putting out powerful content and you're focusing on something narrow, it might really hit somebody at that moment. Mm. Right? Think about the scenario. <laughs> Funny, I said I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to bring it up because it's a little bit of theme. Think about the scenario of being an entitled kid. Yeah. If you're in the middle of it or the beginning of it, and I'm out here, somebody you actually liked or your friends like, and I'm poking at that zit. Yeah. Like maybe nobody knows that you're 27, your parents are giving you $10,000 a month. Yeah. And you're looking successful. <laughs> and I'm out here like, you, 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 you're going to be unhappy one day and this and this. And you're like, fuck. And then, you know, if you're in that part of that friend group, you're like, fuck Gary V. Yeah. But what if you're at the tail end of it? What if you actually felt what I've been talking about? and you are insecure, and you are burnt out from it, and there's resentment on your parents because you realize, I'm not capable of doing anything, and then you start blaming because you're entitled. Yeah. They, if my parents didn't pay for everything, I would have been able to do it. Like my friend Dustin, sure. he built himself, like you get into that place. Yeah. Well, guess what? Then that video that day is fucking remarkable for you. Yeah. I'm the hit. last piece that makes you call. I was once on a, on a DM thread for an hour with a girl who called her parents, recorded it, and shared me the audio on it, it was the moment she stopped taking money from her parents, her BMW, her LA apartment. Yeah. And then she DM'd me two years later and said how happy her life is. Mm. I know what the fuck I believe. I don't think I'm always right, but fuck, man. I try not to talk about shit unless I think I'm really, really right and I've crossed T's and dotted I's. And so it is 330 circumstances. Yeah. You know, uh, big picture, big picture, big picture, big picture. Fuck this guy, Gary. And then somebody does die. And then your mom does die. And then all of a sudden you're DMing me and saying, fuck man, I used to fucking shit on you. Cause I was like, who? no, I want to get my money. Like fuck the Gary talking about being patient, big picture. And like, who cares? Like when something bad would go, I'd be pissed. And you're saying, <clears throat> don't care unless somebody's, I didn't like that. Well now today, guess what? My last year was phenomenal. I made yeah. the most money I ever made on Bitcoin, but my fucking mom died Yeah, and I'm not happy. And so like, I wish I was happier those eight years that I was worried about money. I wish that I wasn't, I wish I was happier. I wish I hung out with my mom more. I wish my day to day over those eight years when I was stressing about the money, I was appreciating the health of my fucking favorite person on earth because now I have the money from the Bitcoin, but my mom's gone. Yeah. So guess what? That video hits different that day. So it is 330 different circumstances and I'm aware of that. And I'm strong enough to deal with the ramifications and I'm humble enough to deal with the accolades and I just stay in my little fucking lane in perpetuity. But this is what I love, Gary, about the core of your messaging that's come through for me and it resonates with my salespeople and me as a salesperson. Um, 
a lot of what we do is hard, man. You put yourself in hard situations. You, you get let down. You, you pitch but, something. But, but you, but it's micro hard. That's exactly no, it's right. It's fucking micro hard. That's you, exactly you're right. You're entrepreneur. You're putting. You're on your. You're living on your own two feet. Yes. You know what's hard? Having a job you have no say in and no alternatives. Yes. Of course, it's hard for all of you that are watching right now. It's also fucking awesome. Yes, that's you're exactly. in control. That's right. And in perspective, if your family's healthy, if if all that stuff's firing, the hard stuff's not too hard. Yes, dude. You know how upset I am. COVID hits. Yeah. A lot of bad shit happened, oh, and all we saw in society was people saying, "Now we have perspective." Well, you know, you saw that for a little wave, right? Yeah. Until you it saw a little wave out. in like March and April, May. You saw a little wave of like this nice talk of like, "Oh, now I'm great," right? And I remember people like, now we're going to, and I just remembered sitting there on tea with Gary Vee being like, no, you're not. Mm. No, you're not. You're getting right now. It's the, it's the cop light syndrome. Cop lights. Yeah. Driving casuals. I drive like fucking. <laughs> you're sleeping, fucking, laying down. Like I'm like this and I'm going 82 and then whoop. Yep. And I'm fucking 10 and four. Yep. Fucking Ready to go, two, bro. And I'm like 55 and then whoop. And I'm on some. Yeah. And then I'm good for like four minutes. And then without even realizing it, 32 minutes later, I'm like, that's how people live life. Yeah. They're grateful for shit when bad stuff happens, but they get back into the routine. I have so many business friends, me included. Oh, we're never traveling intensely anymore. Ah. Just do as if. <laughs> nope. So, so I think this is why I talk about it. Yeah, let's, let's, let's land it here because, you know, I, I, you've been super gracious with your time, but let's land on perspective, man. What, what, what do you have for people to make? How do, they, how do we fight for this? You have to fight for perspective. Here's why. It's the only thing that's true. The world is not black and white. It's purely gray. And so the only thing that is actually true is how you've decided to take in the day. I, I tweeted some, I Instagram something right now and said, it's the greatest era to be alive. And obviously, because there's so much mainstream and social media talking about negativity, yeah. that always gets a lot of replies. Gary, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. I'm talking about world wars that happened. You know, I don't know if you know, but the Holocaust is only 75, 80 years ago. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if you know how much fascism and dictatorship and genocide happened in this golden year of 1960 that you liked, or 40, or 20, <laughs> or the 1800. Okay, Bro. in the 1800s, it was simpler. I'm like, people died at 40. <laughs> simpler, you because were also medicine, dead. Like, like yeah, it was super simple, because you were dead. Like, you know, like, so, you know, I. You know, I think we lack perspective. Of course, there's always going to be challenging times. Of course, sexism, racism, yeah. tribalism around religion. Of course, but always. Did you like it better when Genghis Khan ran shit? <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. You liked Hitler's rule? Like, I'm confused by what you think was better. You liked when our presidents consistently got assassinated? Like, this nirvana of the past to shit on the current is delusional. Perspective. Life is what you've decided. And if you decided because you go into Facebook uh, and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and watch CNN and Fox that shit's horrible, news alert, shit's horrible. Bro, I had somebody the other day be like, I hate fake book. And I'm like, you know that those are the people you chose to surround yourself with on that platform. He's not, he, he or she's not saying they hate fake book. They're, they're saying that they hate people and they hate themselves. I'm telling you, this is real now. They're, they don't understand what they're saying. They, they, this notion that you, know, you don't like, 
things because the narrative has been told to you. Like, why is a black cat unlucky? Yeah. So, like, why? We all believe it. Why is 13 unlucky? Yeah. You were told. Uh, uh, people have, now the Web3 thing. Oh, yeah. Decentralization, <clears throat> right? Now the world's going to be awesome. Now, no, yeah, it's now not. <laughs> people are going to be more powerful in decentralization. This is about accountability. Mm. You want to buy a V friend? You want to buy a V friend? Let me tell you which one. Accountable ant. You know why? Because I'm going to make that little fucker the most famous person on earth over the next Quick, 50 Mikey, years. Quick, Mikey, pull up OpenSea right now. <laughs> because, because, because accountability matters. I thought it was going to be Patient Panda, right? I thought it might be very rare black cat because it's the logo. It's going to be fucking accountable ant. And I can feel it because I feel my, in the same way that hustle, aka work ethic, in the same way that empathy, yeah. in the, I know what word is trending yeah. in my body. It's called accountability because when you take on this, what, what am I going to do about it? Versus what are you going to do? Or you, you fucked up. Like yeah. what, where are you, where's, what's good about that? It's freedom and accountability, man. It's super freedom. It's this freedom. You don't like America? Go to Sweden. Yep. You don't like, your mom is cancer? Limit your time. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like you, what are you doing about it? You want me to do something about it? You want the president of the United States do it? Like, they change every four or eight years. <laughs> yeah, they're not. You are consistent. Ebbs and flows. The 60s were plenty tenacious too. Yeah. Garrett's never been like this. You mean 1968? Like, I, I was a fucked up student. I don't know where it is. But you know where I'm going. I do. I I've fucking failed before. every class but history, and now I know why. Because I knew it would tell me the future. And I wish people were better at history. This isn't... People don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Why is perspective important? Because it's your actual life. And if you want, and the reason why so many people upset, because they listen to too much negative shit that is subjective. Nobody's happy. Democrats not happy, Republicans not happy. 20 year olds not happy, 60 year olds not happy. Like who, like, because we, ch and now I'm really gonna drop the bomb on you. You know why this is happening, right? Because prosperity, my friends, is the gateway to anxiety. People have it too good. When you're fighting for food and shelter, you don't give a fuck about a slang term somebody used that you think was, like you're just fighting to live. This country is doing what the Roman Empire did. Too much prosperity. Mm. Of course you're upset about the milk that was put in your Starbucks. Your life is phenomenal. <laughs> of course you're frustrated that your Wi-Fi is out in your house and you can't watch your Netflix show. Your life is sensational. <laughs> of course you're mad about something that somebody said on Twitter. You're not running for your life. People at war. What the fuck, bro? Yeah, I'm bringing on Matthew Bradford, who is a Marine who got his legs taken out and his eyes taken out by uh, an explosive device. Uh, he's my next guest. Yeah, I have a funny because we need to talk. Matthew doesn't struggle when Starbucks <laughs> gives him cream instead of oat milk. Have a funny feeling without knowing the gentleman. Just taking a shot here. Then dark. Don't think he's super pissed when somebody took a long, or like cut them off in traffic. <laughs> he doesn't know. Like, not sold that he's super angry what, that somebody wore uh, something 27 years ago. Just taking a shot here. Bro. So appreciative of you, Gary. Thank you for your time today, brother. This Thank has you, been brother. a blast. Everyone on the Modeling Podcast, I'm sorry we couldn't get all your questions, but once Gary's going, I got to let him go. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, everybody.